Has the news got you down? Not with these funny guys. You're listening to Lighten Up with Steve Miller and Roya Mosinian. <laughs> shalom, shalom, everybody. Guess what day it is? It's Monday. Yes, we're back. It's Monday. So you know what that means? It's Lighten Up on Israel News Talk Radio. My name is Steve Miller, still in Galut, but not for long. Please give it up for my co-host, Mr. Yosef Kader. Hello. Hello, Yosef. Hello? <laughs> Don't go silent. Don't go silent. Come on, it's dead air. Yes, it, been, yes it certainly is. You've been is. doing the show long enough. You know what's up. Yeah, I just didn't know what to say, you know. So. You just, hey, you just say, hey, how are you? How are you? Good. How you doing? How you doing? Listen, uh, you know, I have to say something. Like two seconds before we go on the air, our producer says, when you come to Israel, don't wear that big giant high on your neck. You see this, right? Yeah. She says, she says uh, I, I would look like a thug, like a Jewish gangster, that I shouldn't wear it. What, what, what's up with that? I'll this tell you, is, it, this is my it, no, grandfather. It, my grandfather was hardly a Jewish thug. Yeah, but he also wasn't Israeli, was he? No, he was American, but he had a big gold chai, and his like chest hair would come out through the chai. That's very American, but in Israel, I don't see a lot of people wearing him. Well, what I have to express my Jewishness. I I have a star of David. I can wear that. Magin David is more common. Yeah. Oh man, I really like this big gold chain. I'm like the flavor flave of uh, Jews. <laughs> Oh, man, I can't believe she just totally, you know, it's so funny because I wear this all the time. And most uh, non-Jews, they have no idea what this means. And I had one time I was checking out in a uh, in a store and I'm waiting in line and whatever. She's checking my stuff. And she goes, wow. She goes, uh, you must be a you must really love math. And I'm like, math, what are you talking about? She's like, your necklace. Isn't that the pie sign? <laughs> I said, yes, yes, I love math. I love math so much that I got a gold necklace of, of pie. <laughs> Isn't that funny? It does look like a pie sign. I never thought of that. It does, it does. But it's just funny that, uh, that she thought I was like a big, I was such a fan of math. Like, me, I'm such a nerd. Anyway, let's say hello to our listeners. Mr. Yosef, of course, as usual, our loyal followers the United States of China, Canada, the greatest country on earth, Israel, South Africa, and oh, look, look who's listening. Egypt, Mitzrayim, Mitzrayim is listening. Ah, hello, Egypt, and Poland. Ah, I'm half Polish, babe. Uh, how are you? <laughs> hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. <laughs> anyway, all right. Well, I see you're your normal uh, talkative self. <laughs> I see you're, uh, you're getting ready to move move continents. That's right. My Aliyah is getting closer and closer, everybody. I'm not going to say the exact date because I don't want to give myself an Ayanhara, which basically means uh, if I say something, then it won't happen. Uh, but I'm uh, taking a leap of faith, and I, and I reserved my flight for a certain date. Bizrat uh, Hashem, which means God willing, I, um, will, uh, I will be there. Yeah, and it's kind of exciting. Flying is a much better idea than leaping. I don't think you're going to get too far across the ocean leaping. That's right. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, so, 
Yes, and um, check this out. You're going to be so proud of me. So I'm, I'm arriving in Israel, right, whenever I arrive, and I'm going to share this with people. And guess what? The next day, I have a date with a woman. Isn't that incredible? <laughs> Hashem is amazing. Hashem, is, Hashem has set me up with love before I even land in the Holy Land. You're going to be falling asleep from, from jet lag at the date. Ah, uh, no, no, no. Every time I go to Israel, I never have jet lag there, but I always have jet lag coming back. I'll be too excited. It doesn't matter. Isn't that amazing, though? Everyone. Cheers for me to have a date. Don't you care? Do you care to uh, inquire where we're going to go? Where are you going to go, Steve? (laughs) Um, We're going to meet in Jerusalem and uh, spend the day together. So it'll be very nice. So it'll be more fodder for the show. (laughs) Well, before I talked about the divorce, and now I'm going to talk about dating in Israel. And she's Israeli, too. And the weather should be pretty nice. It's because it's still pretty, pretty hot. It's like in the mid-90s, a lot of places here. It's so. all right. It's in the 90s here. That's fine. Oh, okay. all right. um, but, yeah, so I, I got to tell you something, though. Uh, and I'm going to be honest with you. So I, I speak to this woman. Uh, we're, you know, we're friends. We're, we're getting to know each other. Anyway, let me give you uh, – well, you probably are aware of this, but uh, – I had the horrible experience of having an Israeli woman yell at me, and it was awful, and I have to see therapy for it. And uh, never, never trust an Israeli woman. When an Israeli woman says, don't worry, I won't get mad, you can tell me whatever you want. <laughs> and then it's fine. So I say, okay, you promise you won't get upset. I just, you know, I want to share this with you. That's Avraham, that's fine. Just tell me, just tell me what, I'm not going to get mad at you. Literally, I was one and a half sentence in, and she just flips out. And she's, yeah, I swear, she laid into me for about 10 minutes over the phone, and I, I have to go to therapy for it. It was the most horrifying, terrifying experience of my life, uh, getting yelled at by an Israeli woman. <laughs> who, who, I mean, without giving any names, who was this? Was she a government, you know, bureaucrat? What was she? No. This is the woman that I'm going on a date with. <laughs> oh. oh, okay. She's an ex-IDF soldier. She was a police officer in the IDF. So she, uh, she, she had a flashback and started like interrogating me like I was an Arab. <laughs> and, and I really got, I got, I got, a, I got seriously yelled at yeah. for 10, 12 minutes. It was the most horrifying. All I could sit was in silence. And then, you know, when I was done, after she was done yelling at me and there was complete silence... I just, I said, all I could say was, wow, what a woman. <laughs> I'm in love with this woman. <laughs> I thought that was uh, funny to share. And she's still talking with you, so that's a good sign. Of course, yeah, of course, yeah. You know, whatever. Then, you know, she's like, God, this is, this is how Israelis are. We yell at you, we scream, but then we say, ah, it's okay, I love you, don't worry, everything's fine. <laughs> it's like a mind game. Anyway, so we could start off uh, the show with some stories. Uh, you keep wandering around. Well, is everything okay with you? Can you stay on camera? I, don't, I didn't think the audience can hear me wandering around. Okay. So uh, we have, I'm going to start off with some Israeli news here. Actually, coming from our enemy's uh, point of view, because I always love to read stories from Jazeera. <laughs> I don't know if you heard about this. It says Israeli, uh, oh boy, where is it? Uh, this is uh, Israeli police. Israeli police 
allow all. Okay. Israeli police arrest and brand Palestinian with the Star of David. So apparently there was there's this Al Jazeera saying that the Israeli police, I guess, captured this uh, terrorist. It says a Palestinian man who was detained from Shuafat, I don't know, refugee camp. There's no such thing as a refugee camp in Israel. Uh, in, it, in occupied East Jerusalem, yes, it's occupied by the Arabs, uh, says he was brutally abused according to the Israeli media outlets. And it says here that uh, they beat him up and all of his stuff. But then, this is the crazy part. It says here, after being physically abused, the officers brutally beat him and branded the Star of David on his cheek, according to Israeli media reports. Are you kidding me? Why would Israeli soldiers put a Star of David on an Arab? I mean, this, this there is no way. I just, for some reason, I thought this was hysterical. There are some people in Israel who like to make up stories. <laughs> Oh, my God. So it says the man's lawyer presented the charges to the Jerusalem District Court on Thursday, a day after he was taken from his residence. And it says here 16 officers were involved in the arrest. But really, they're like branding him like a cow. Oh, listen, we're going to put the start of David and send you back into Gaza. And so people are going to think you're uh, a Jew. I mean, come on. It's just ridiculous. I just thought that was just a crazy story. Yeah, I heard a little bit about it, but it's weird. Yeah. Uh, It says here that the Palestinian man's lawyer was quoted as saying in a statement that the incident was a grave case of international violence and humiliation. He's humiliated because he has the star of David on his cheek. That is horrible. (laughs) I love it, man. You got to love it. Anyway, (laughs) so that's what I'm opening the show with. (laughs) That would be your brand. Yeah. All right, so uh, that was story number one. Jews are branding Arabs like cows with the Star of David. Hiya! <laughs> All right, what do you got there? Anything? Um, I on? have something about snakes. Ooh, okay. I have a few few animal stories. You're really this into was... animals. Last week you did a whole bunch of animal stories. You're really on For this For some kit. reason, they just the stories are good. You know what I mean? So there was a man coming from China, I think, to Hong Kong. I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he's so he's on the border crossing, but people notice the you know you don't have to say anything. Sometimes your body language gives you away. So apparently he was looking nervous. He was avoiding eye contact with people. So they searched him. They found that he had 14 snakes that he had put in like in like uh, pantyhose and in socks, and he was carrying them in his pants. He must have had you know very large pockets, but whatever. Wow. So they, the snakes, the, they, they found the snakes, and they put them in other containers and sent them back to the snake sanctuary or whatever. I don't know if anything happened to him other than being really embarrassed and nervous, but uh, they were real, pythons. That's a real deep cavity search. What was his name? Uh, Monty Python. I, think. I don't know what his <laughs> name is. You put the snake in your pants. <laughs> They're like, hey, I, uh, are you happy to see me, or is that a snake in your pants? <laughs> That's crazy, man. They don't say his name. His name is Man, according to this news story. (laughs) Your name is Man. All right. Uh, Well, (laughs) that's a good, good way to go to our first break. So we'll be right back, everybody. Do not go away.
Has the news got you down? Not with these funny guys. You're listening to Lighten Up with Steve Miller and Roya Mosini. Welcome back, everybody, to Lighten Up on Israel News Talk Radio. My name is Steve Miller with the very talented Yosef Kaner. Yosef, how are you? Hello. I'm just as well as I was five minutes ago. All right, good. Um, listen, I found this story, and uh, this is really great. I just want to get right into it because it's, it's, it's just so bizarre. I don't, let me know if you heard this. This is more news. This comes from the Gaza Strip. Uh, this, set, this story, the title, The Gaza Strip Gets Its First Cat Cafe, A Cozy Refuge from Life Under Blockade. Did you hear about this? I did not. So apparently, it says here, the global cat cafe trend where people pay to have coffee and hang out with cats has finally come to Gaza. Meow! <laughs> so basically, it says here, in the impoverished Arab enclave run by Hamas um, the, uh, and crippled by a 17-year blockade, residents seeking to escape the territory's troubles flocked on Thursday to a new Meow Cafe, Gaza City's answer to the quirky concept tried successfully around the world. This is amazing. So the cafe's founder, 52-year-old Naima Mabed, uh, said she, she envisioned the spot as a unique escape from the pressures of life in Gaza. Hey, are you running from the Jews? Are you sick of being attacked by Jewish people and the global Zionists? Well, then come to my cat cafe and... You can sit and have coffee and then go over to a corner and pet cats. That's what it is. Is that crazy? Hmm. They, they don't have cat ladies there? <laughs> it says, I know. It says here, the cozy hangout offers a modest drink service and encourages guests to head straight to the cat corner. I love it, the cat corner, some crazy old lady, to pet and play with furry friends. Can you imagine, like, some crazy terrorists coming in there? Oh, what a day. I, I, I had to blow up five friends of mine to kill the Jews, but, boy, I feel like petting a nice furry animal and having a nice cup of coffee. Come to the cat cafe where even the Hamas can relax and escape his troubles. <laughs> uh, yeah, so they go and they play with cats and they drink coffee and they cuddle and they, and they get very calm. And then they go out and they blow themselves up again and kill Jews. Isn't that a great concept? <laughs> I wonder how long it'll stay in business. What's the, the, if you open a restaurant, the chances of it staying in business are like 15% or something like that? It, well, I know there's like, it's a, there's like more than a 50% chance it's going to fail. Probably close to an eight, I think 80% chance when it comes something to restaurants. Like yeah, so... But I mean, the cat cafe in Gaza. Don't doesn't that just want you to cross the border and get some coffee and play with some Persian pussy cat? <laughs> Meow. I I don't know. That that's interesting because from what I the little I understand, I think that that uh, Muslims aren't so fond of dogs. No, I, I don't know why. But I didn't know that cats were okay. I guess so. And then if the cats aren't friendly, they just chop them up and eat them. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right. Any other animal stories for you? I kind of, That's kind of like an animal story. So there you go. I kind of played along with your theme from your snake a, story. A cat, cat is a kind of animal. That's correct. Two points for Steve. hi um, Okay. Something else is happening with animals in Germany. The headline <laughs> says, Beer-loving raccoons are trashing homes and eating pets for some reason. What? Raccoons have been climbing in people's chimneys in, in Germany. 
Um, the word for the name, the word, yes, the word, the word for raccoons in German, my accent is probably really bad, are washbaren, which means washbaren. wash bears. That's what they're called because they lick their food a lot before they, they, uh, they eat it. So the Germans are told that they need to put covers on their chimneys and lock any openings to their houses because they've come into people's houses and eaten their pets. So the raccoons? Raccoons will eat small pets. Yes. Wow. Hey, little, little Floyd, who ate my gerbil? The gerbil is gone. The family gerbil is gone. Who ate it? I. It's the Nazi little the Nazi raccoon with their little masks. Ah, oh, they ate little Joey's gerbil. It's, it's a <laughs> raccoon with a little mustache. <laughs> hey, that raccoon is very mean. He come and eat our gerbil. <laughs> Oh, wow. All right. So they're drinking beer, did you say? <laughs> yeah, they also like drinking beer. But how, how does a, a raccoon cannot, you know, cannot pull a pop top or can't open a bottle cap? So I'm not, they have to be beers that are already open. Then they'll knock the bottle over and then drink it before it spills out or as it spills out. Oh, but it says well, they're drinking beer. Okay. Well, that's exciting. Well, you know what? We're going to continue on this theme of animals. I have a crazy story. Uh, it says here, dolphins deliberately get high on puffer fish nerve toxins by carefully chewing and passing them around so apparently extraordinary scenes filmed for a new documentary show that marine animals uh, apparently dolphins um what they do is dolphins are thought of as one of the most intelligent species in the animal kingdom and experts believe they have put their ingenuity ingenuity uh, what ingenuity i don't know i'm a moron the dolphin's smarter than me i can't ingenuity Yes! Oh, my God, you're so smart. Um, I can't pronounce that word. Um, to use uh, the pers- in the pursuit of getting high. So apparently there are a lot of dolphins who, who, are, who are like want to get stoned. So what they're doing is they found incredible scenes that were filmed underwater in this documentary of young dolphins that were carefully manipulating a certain type of a puffer fish. And when the fish gets threatened... It, 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 it extracts a uh, toxin. Now, the toxin can be uh, deadly, but the, the, somehow the dolphins manipulate the fish where it, it only releases enough of the nerve uh, toxin not to, to hurt the dolphin. And it says um, even though large toxins can be deadly, in small amounts it is known to produce a narcotic effect. And the dolphins appear to have worked out worked out on how to make the fish release just the right amount. And so it the, says they – go ahead, what? So the dolphins are micro, micro-dosing pufferfish. That's right. It says the behavior was captured on camera by the makers of the dolphins. Uh, it's called Spy in the Pod. It's a series for the BBC. And it says here uh, the fish uh, – this was a case of young dolphins purposely experimenting with drugs. <laughs> After chewing the puffer gently and passing it around – they began acting most peculiarly, hanging out with their noses at the surface of the ocean as if fascinated by their own reflection. So they were staring at themselves, and they were just like, wow, man, this pufferfish is good stuff. Look at you, man. You look crazy in the ocean, man. They're like the Cheech and Chong of dolphins. So now dolphins apparently- are very cool. They're very cool. This is like, you know, 
Call a couple to these dolphins for doing this. Yeah, they're getting high, man. I mean, you know, the whole world is, is just going crazy. And even dolphins and mammal life are feeling the effects of Joe Biden. And they have to get high and just deal with it. So they're, they're smoking a puffer fish. And it's just awesome, dude. <laughs> so I thought that was a great story. I thought you would really like that. It's in the Smithsonian, right? What? Smithsonian Magazine? They're a different... No, this actually was where the, where I got the story from. Yeah, no, the story came out of um, uh, a paper in the UK huh. because it's a documentary that is that is on the BBC. So this is it, what the documentaries they 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 found these fish. Uh, they happened to film it, and then they kind of I don't know whatever. Basically, dolphins also, are getting high. It, it makes me respect dolphins because they're they're nice to the pufferfish. They don't kill them. They just no. you know bounce them around to get them to to put out their stuff. That's right. Bounce them around. They chew on them a little bit, and they get high, and they stare at themselves in the ocean. <laughs> hey, man, don't bogart the puffer fish, bro. <laughs> I think it's dolphins. I see, you know, every once in a while you can see a video of a kid who's doing in, in some kind of an aquarium where they have, you know, the big glass things, and you're under the water kind of, and a kid will, like, do a somersault, and then the dolphin will kind of imitate it. They're very yeah. interesting creatures. Oh, they're very smart. I love dolphins. Have you ever swam with dolphins? I have not swam with dolphins, nor have I played football with dolphins. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna. There's dolphins. You can go swimming with dolphins down in Elat, and I'm gonna go down there when I get to Israel, and I'm gonna get really high with them in the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna. What? They're gonna. They're gonna say, "Welcome home. Let's smoke a puffer." <laughs> anyway, oh wait, I got some good politics, po political news. Um, You'll like this. We're going to keep it going. We've got two minutes left in this segment. Trump, Donald Trump confirms he will not participate in the debates. And he says, in quotes, the public knows who I am. The public knows who I am. I, I don't need to be in these debates. I'm not going on fake Fox News, fake, fake CNN so they can abuse me. Everybody knows who I am. I'm the greatest. I was the greatest president. They, I, oh, watch the ratings. The ratings will be horrible. I am, I'm refused to do these debates. Everybody knows who I am. So apparently he's not going to do the uh, primaries. That, that's, a, that's a reasonable decision because they would just treat him like dirt. Yes. So he was just like, let's see what your ratings are like. I, I refuse to go to the debates. I don't need to debate. Everybody knows me. I'm the greatest president of the world. Those are going to be the worst debates. I've seen terrible debates. Believe me, these are horrible debates. <laughs> so, yeah, so he's not going to participate in them, which I think is a good idea as well, because then the focus is just on him. Everybody knows Donald Trump. He doesn't even need to be in the debates. He should just... Whatever. He'll win the primary without doing one debate. I guarantee it. Uh, maybe. I don't know. And then um, and then just run for president. He doesn't need to do any of these debates. I think it's smart because all they do is just, you know, he says what he might do is go on um, Fox News and just do an interview with Tucker Carlson. And that's that's really all that he'll do. Yeah, but that, it wouldn't be on Fox News, though. It would be on... Uh, oh, that's right. Well, wherever, wherever Tucker is. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Wherever Tucker is. I don't know where he is, but basically that's what he said, that he'll, he'll, he'll do that, but he's not, he's not going to go and uh, do, the, uh, do, the, do the debates. Tucker Carlson is somebody who really bounced back after the, they tried to cancel him, and he just bounced back stronger than ever. Yeah, that's usually what happens when people get fired from Fox. They, these, they, they're idiots, these people. They, they, any, whatever they do, the opposite happens of what the effect they want. Anyway, 
We got to go to our break and come back for our last segment, everybody. So go get your puffer fish and relax. We'll be right back. Has the news got you down? Not with these funny guys. You're listening to Lighten Up with Steve Miller and Roya Mosinian. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to our third and final segment here on Israel News Talk Radio, the show Lighten Up. It's Monday. Hey, Joseph, how are you? Joseph, there you go. You got your little rubber ducky. No, that's a rubber chicken you're squeezing. This is the rubber chicken. This is the largest one. We have another two, but they're smaller. Uh, is that a kosher chicken? This is, uh, well, a chicken is kosher. It's not shechted, but, you know, it's a kosher animal. Yes. Oh. Okay. So, do you want <clears throat> to start off with uh, something? Or no? Why, yes. Why, yes. Thank you for asking. Oh, someone's knocking at the door. I'll be right back. Are you serious? Sorry. We're I'm in the middle serious. of the show. I are know. You, are you insane? Let them you know knock. What? Where's your, what where's is your my wife? Insanity? What does my insanity have to do with jo- Joseph, no. You will stay here on the air. You're like, oh, someone's knocking at the door. Let me leave my, my show and answer the door. Oh, my God. Hold <laughs> on, Mindy. Just tell your wife to answer. Is she there? <laughs> okay, well, she's going to have to wait, this woman. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What am I supposed to do? I have no co-host. You're going to open the door? I have to go open the door. And maybe it's... Just hold on. This is unbelievable. Ladies and gentlemen, I have... Do you believe the unprofessionalism of this? I have a co-host who just left me in the middle of my show to go open the door for someone who shouldn't even be bothering him. I can't even read a story because I have no one to respond to. Anyway, let's talk about how... My first date. If anyone has any suggestions of where I should go in Jerusalem on my first date in Israel with a crazy Israeli woman, that would be great. And if I can get any advice to make sure that this woman never yells at me again because I have to go to therapy for it because my... Oh, you're back? It, it was the dry cleaner. So he, it wasn't my friend. It was the dry cleaner. He told me he was going to call before he came, but, you know. Oh, are, the dry cleaners, are the dry cleaners in Israel uh, Korean? Like they are in America? You look very Jewish to me. <laughs> anyway, listen, uh, a wor- uh, just a little advice in show business. Try not to leave uh, the, the, the microphone when you're in the middle of doing this. You're like, hold on, someone's at my door. D- don't ever do that again. Else, in the words of Donald Trump, you're fired. Even though that's not really enough. All right, go ahead. Finish. Go- tell your story. Oh, yes. The story, yes. Where God. were we? Um, so these are two stories of poor people who are just minding them minding their own business at the beach and getting attacked by animals. One man was in shallow water in Spain. What city was he in? Let's see. Just says uh, he was 50 miles south of Valencia on the east coast, and he got he felt something on his foot. It was a blue shark that had sunk its teeth into his foot. So oh it God. didn't continue to eat him, but he was bleeding a lot. And he didn't want to cause a panic, but he also didn't want to bleed to death. So he, he came out of the water. He found the you know, first aid station, and they took care of him. But uh, then they cleared the beach off because they didn't want it to happen to other people. So that was that's one Spanish animal story. Another See? Spanish. I'm another going, Spanish. I'm a, it was a Spanish shark. I'm going to bite your leg. <laughs> <laughs> that was a Spanish shark with a Mexican accent. Yes. Um, 
All right. And the other one was wild boars, which I, who would think that wild boars could make it to the beach? But a number of wild boars found their way to which beach? Costa del Sol, close to Costa del Sol. Yeah. And, and um, they just would go up to people looking for food mostly. So, um, were they like, so excuse me, do you so, have any food? I'm a wild boar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a wild and crazy boar. Exactly. I'm a wild and crazy boar. You got any food? From what, this what was is, the name of the beach? The, um, Costa del Sol. Yeah, Costa del Sol, as in Sol, brother. Yeah, I'm a board. You got any food? You just but a tourist, man. There are pictures here. These these people, like they brought the, they have beds there and kind of things to lie on. The, the these boards are climbing all over them. Not a nice, not a nice day. That was an incredible story. You know what? I hope someone comes to your door again because it definitely wasn't worth it. Oh, your laundry, uh, Mr. Kena, your laundry here. Yeah, I am Jewish. Yeah, we live in the homeland. Hi. Yeah, we Korean. Yeah, you come five minutes. Your laundry be done. Hey, <laughs> uh, Yosef, you are a trip. Okay. Um, oh, here. Here's a crazy story that I saw. So you know how there's supposed to be a war going on in the Ukraine and Russia? Like, I don't even care anymore. I don't even think, it really. It, I don't even care. The, the, this, is how, this is how the war is... Uh, how boring the war is. It says here, the New York Times, in a war of tanks, Ukrainian soldiers play World of Tanks online. Basically, they did a story about how soldiers are playing uh, the game, the online game. It's called World of Tanks online. And there's a picture of two soldiers in the woods with their machine guns, and they're on their phones playing a video game. <laughs> Do you believe that? It's... It doesn't surprise me, but it's kind of, you know, I guess if you're not being attacked at the moment, you got to chill. It says here, uh, they interviewed one of the soldiers. It says, I am playing from time to time when I have a bit of free time. You know, there is a war going on. Uh, but in my free time when I'm not killing Russians, I like to play video games in the woods. Uh, it says here, uh, his name is Lieutenant Nazar. I don't know, I can't pronounce his name, who last year he gained public attention for his command of a real tank. Uh, so he, he's a tank commander, and yet he plays an online video game called uh, World of Tanks. And uh, it's just pathetic. I, you know, it just, it's just like no one cares about the war. Obviously, the soldiers don't care. They're playing Xbox and PlayStation. And uh, I don't even believe there's really a, world going, uh, a war going on. It says here there are two entries in the World of Tanks universe available to players in the Ukraine. World of Tanks and World of Tanks Blitz. Oh, so they get a choice of two different types of uh, tank games. Anyway, uh, that's a stupid and pathetic story, and um, it deserves uh, nothing more than that. <laughs> so there's really no war going on. They're just playing video games. The, the person who was coming to the door, I thought was coming to the door, actually just got out of an Israeli tank unit. So this would interest him. I'm looking up this game on my Android. Oh, of World course. of Tanks, it's called? Yeah, why don't you play the game instead of doing the show with me? How that about sounds that? Like, sounds like a wonderful idea. Yeah, I mean, sure, you answer the door, you don't care about the show, you're leaving me high and dry. Anyway, all right, I'm going on to the next story. Hey, it's segment of anti-Semitism in America! <laughs> Holding on, lighten up on News News Talk Radio. So apparently, over the weekend, of course, it's always over Shabbat, vandals smashed a glass at several kosher restaurants in Los, Los Angeles over Shabbat. 
So a series of apparent break-ins at kosher establishments in Los Angeles on Shabbat left the Jewish community searching for answers. Oi, we're searching for answers. Why do you keep breaking our glass? But the police aren't sure if it's related to anti-Semitism. Of course not. Only every restaurant that happens to be kosher. Uh, but we're not sure yet. <laughs> Maybe it was a glass company. <laughs> exactly. It says here, it appeared that five of the targeted businesses were kosher restaurants. Nagila Pizza, Shanghai Diamond Garden. Oh, sounds like kosher Chinese food. And uh, Shalom Grill. Hey, what's up? Shalom Grill. And Sujiko and Fisherman's Bowl. These were all the restaurants that were destroyed. Big bricks were smashed into their uh, um, uh, windows. And in, in a statement by the Jewish Federation of Greater Los Angeles, who the, the Federation does absolutely nothing for Jews, uh, it said that per our law enforcement partners, there are no indications of anti-Semitic motivations. So, of course, if the Jewish Federation says it's not Jew hatred, they just happen to be all kosher restaurants, then it's not Jew hatred. This is the state of Galut. And, and how far their heads are buried in the sand and how the, 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 the nation of this country, America, is just crumbling and wants the Jews out. Well, I tell you, there's one Jew that's leaving soon, and it's me, baby! <laughs> even, anyway. even, ha even Haaretz says that it's anti-Semitic. Oh, my God. So there you go. Oh, here's the best part of the story. So they talk about... Um, a series of brazen shopping mall robberies have taken place in the Los Angeles area in the recent weeks, including a mob-style burglary at Nordstrom's. And this is going all over the Internet. I've seen this in many cities, including my own city, where just mobs of people smash into, like, Wawa's convenience stores and they steal stuff, and no one does anything. This is, this is what America has come to. Um, but it says here, this is the best part of the story. It says, earlier this year, two men were shot leaving prayer services in the neighborhood on consecutive mornings and sustained minor injuries. This was happening in Los Angeles. And it says here, the suspect <laughs> allegedly had a history of making anti-Semitic comments to dental school classmates. <laughs> so the guy who shot the Jews were, were in dental school with these Jews. <laughs> Is that not just the most bizarre thing you've ever heard? It's 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 close. It's close. I mean, how you ridiculous! Know. I'm I I'm going to dental school, and I'm surrounded by Jewish dentists. I'm like, you know what? I don't like the way you pulled out that molar, the way you filled that cavity on Saturday while you're coming out of shul. I'm gonna shoot you! Oh my God! So their dental school classmates or classmate happens to be an anti-Semite, and he decided to try to kill them over shul. Oh, it doesn't get any more bizarre than that. It's you know, there's the the things they say about Sodom and Gomorrah, right? That the the, the society in Sodom and Gomorrah, why was it destroyed? Because they became completely everything that was bad. They did over there, you know. And, and it's, yeah. it's it's like that in some cities. That's right. Um, I just love the fact that the 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 anti-Semite attacker was the Jewish. Uh, was the classmates, the dental school classmates. <laughs> so they were all in dental school together. It's just brilliant. Anyway, you got to love it. All right, so what do you got? Do you have anything else? Um, I have one story about, uh, it's kind of a feel-good story, about oh. a baby, baby walrus. Ooh, that's cute. I love baby uh, walruses. Some, some oil workers, where is this? In Alaska. 
So some oil workers found a baby walrus who was maybe not too old, you know, a month old, I don't know, whatever, who somehow got separated from his walrus family. And they took him to an animal rescue place. And what they, what they decided is because, because apparently, I, I don't really know any walruses personally, but apparently <laughs> there's a lot of cuddling that goes on when they're very young. So they, they have volunteers who cuddle this animal 24 hours a day. Like They take shifts. And they cuddle the animal. They they feed him every three hours. He was dehydrated. He has an infection. Whatever. They're they're hoping that they can somehow nurture him and give him enough enough positive feedback that he wants to go on with life. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Wow. So it's just, it's just really that, cute. That reminds me of uh, you know in the Special Olympics they have huggers. Do you I know didn't what that know is? That. Didn't yes. Know that. So in the Special Olympics they have people. Um, when they, when they're whoever when they're running the race, they have people who greet them with a hug at the end of the race, and they're called huggers, and that's what that story reminded me of. Like you, the cuddlers, people who cuddle these baby walruses. Well, uh, the why are they cuddling them? Because the the parents aren't with them or something. The parents, or? yeah, because there are no parents to do it. Oh, okay. Wow, I'd like to be a cuddler. Would you cuddle a walrus? If it's taking a shower. What do you mean if it's taking a shower? You don't want a stinky walrus. I mean, I could cuddle a walrus as long as it doesn't smell like fish. You know? <laughs> okay, you're bizarre. I love how you said, "Well, I don't, uh, I don't have any personal relationships with a walrus." <laughs> like I wouldn't think you would anyway. But, uh, Yosef, uh, <clears throat> you know, did you smoke some puffer fish earlier this morning? <laughs> I didn't smoke them. No, but I tossed them around a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I have two stories left. <clears throat> these are good to uh these are well i don't know if i should do well i'll do one i'll do the, the one real quick so this is a story that i remember from year from a long time ago that i actually did on this show but it's coming up again uh it says uh for israeli actors the jew face knife cuts both ways haredim are turning to a new god the secular israeli state netanyahu Ally signals Israel will... Oh, you know what? That's a wrong story. <laughs> oh, my God. I think I'm smoking some peppers. I totally just read you the wrong story. <laughs> oh, my God. I clicked on it, and then another story came up. What's going on? That is insane. I just lost my story. In the meantime, back to hugging. <clears throat> they, they, <laughs> they say that a person needs at least eight hugs a day just for normal mental health and just feeling good about life really that's, that's start eight hugs so if you're not I, giving that if you're not giving and getting eight hugs a day you need to improve your um your that's, environment that's fascinating i don't get any hugs at all what about well, hugging yourself does that count if you have no other option I, I suppose you know maybe that's why i am the way i am maybe that's why i never used life... to be I never used to be a hugger. When, in fact, when I came to Israel, I wasn't. I, I would kind of. I was a little standoffish. Then I met someone who's like he comes from a family of huggers. He sees you. They don't shake your hand. You get a big bro hug. You know what I'm saying? I like that. I like it's, that. Should I, I hug now, Israelis when I get there, or do you think I'll get punched in the face? You you could. You, I mean, guys. I wouldn't. I wouldn't hug girls randomly. I'm not but, hug you know, women. No, of course but, not. Uh, but it's, only, it's a it's a bro <clears throat> thing. It's a bro I only thing. hug men. I'm confident in my manliness that I can hug a man and not feel any sense of, well, you know. Yeah, as long, <laughs> as, long as you keep your socks on, you're fine. <laughs> my socks? Okay, that's fine. That's a, that's a teenage thing. 
Oh, okay. All right. Well, listen, I have a good story that we can uh, we can end on. <clears throat> now, uh, growing up, you know how to flush a toilet properly, right? <laughs> I've done it a few times. <laughs> it says here the title, the headline: "Woman is baffled after she finds out that she's been using public toilets wrong all her life." <laughs> It says a woman was left flabbergasted after finding out she'd been using public toilets wrong her whole life. But other people have reassured her that that she's not alone. So this was a woman who her mother, I'm going to cut to the chase, her mother was a, uh, a germaphobe, a germaphobe. And basically, since she was a little girl, taught her daughter that she should always flush toilets with her feet and don't touch them with her hands. So... She spent her whole life flushing toilets with her feet, and then she went into a public rest, uh, public stall, and uh, she started flushing toilets with her feet. <laughs> and then someone said to her, "Hey, what are you doing, bloke, or whatever you? What are you doing over there?" And uh, it says the 18-year-old woman came to re- the realization that she had been using public toilets wrong her whole life, and only had just this epiphany during a conversation with a friend. According to the woman, she's been flushing toilets with her foot. And so the woman was like, no, you're supposed to, you're supposed to flush uh, toilets with your hand. And uh, she was flabbergasted. She thought her whole life it was supposed to be with her feet because her just, mom was a germaphobe. Well, I, you know, I'm looking, I'm looking up toilet flushing. It says two-thirds of Americans use their feet to flush the toilet, so they're not all germaphobes. They're just they, they're germaphobes. I mean, they don't, they don't wanna, <laughs> you don't know what's on that handle. You know what I'm saying? That's true. And, and if Filipinos, that it's normal in the Philippines to not use your hand to flush a toilet. So what do they use? Their feet? They use their feet, yes. Oh. Sometimes I use my nose or my tongue to flush. Is that bad? That you can do that also. I'm I'm just thinking if you try to flush a urinal with your feet, that requires tremendous balance. I've done that. I've done that. I do that all the time. How do you what you do? Like give a little karate kick when you're done? Yeah, I, I can lift my leg that high. And so could you. So could you. You're a hugger. You're in good shape. You hug walruses. <laughs> okay. Well, thank anyway. you for your confidence in me. We have 30 seconds left of the show. That's it. We are out of time. What do you say, Yosef? Another show, another week. I love it. From your kosher chicken. Thank you very much, everybody. I hope everyone has a fabulous week. Joseph, Yosef, once again, thank you for being an incredible host. Next week, please don't answer the door and don't have anyone come over during the showtime. I love you, everybody. Bye-bye.